In this week's market update, as last week, only one story dominates. The oil price soars and shares tumble as a ban on Russian oil looks likely. Well, last week was bad enough, and this week looks like being no better. In the eye of the storm, unsurprisingly, is Europe, where the stock's 600 index fell 7% last week in its worst performance since March 2020. In early dealings this week, European shares lost another 3.3%. Well, it's now exactly two years since the World Health Organization declared a global pandemic, triggering a market collapse in just a few weeks. In some parts of the world, COVID is still a long way from being as under control as it appears to be here. But in market terms, the world's attention has moved on. Two years on, the news agenda is dominated by war in Ukraine. And investor focus is on the commodities, particularly oil, but also agricultural resources like wheat, for which both Ukraine and Russia are key exporters. Stock markets are focused on the squeeze that higher input prices will cause. Brent crude hit a 14-year high of almost $140 a barrel on Monday after the US announced over the weekend that it's discussing a ban on oil imports from Russia. At that level, the oil price is within a few dollars of the high it reached in 2008, when, again, Russia was moving troops into a former Soviet republic, Georgia. Here in the UK, the fall in the value of sterling since then means that the impact of a higher dollar price of oil is even harder to bear. Petrol prices are already above pound fifty a litre and rising. Markets had initially assumed that sanctions would be relatively toothless and that the West would refrain from cutting off Europe's key supplier of energy. Russia accounts for nearly two-thirds of Germany's gas supply and even more of some smaller European countries. It's an important source of energy for Italy too. Britain is much less reliant on Russian gas, much less than 10% of the total, but in a global market, that's not the key point. Prices rise everywhere with European natural gas futures up 70% on Monday to as much as €335 per megawatt hour. A year ago, the equivalent price was €16. This is why the negative stock market reaction has been so skewed towards these European markets, while the reaction in the US, for example, has been relatively subdued. On Monday, Germany's DAX index fell 4%, Spain was down 4.5%, as was Italy. On the currency markets, the euro has fallen to its lowest point since the worst of the pandemic in Europe in May 2020. It currently trades at about $1.08. The ruble, which before the annexation of Crimea in 2014 traded at around 40 to the dollar, has fallen to nearly 140, a massive devaluation. Stock market falls were not restricted to Europe. The initial impact of the weekend's diplomatic developments was in Asia, where the Nikkei in Japan fell 2.9% and Hong Kong's Hang Seng index was down 3.9%. There are a few safe havens in this environment, but one is gold, which rose above $2,000 and is fast approaching its all-time high of $2,070 an ounce. Other commodities rising sharply this week include palladium, a component of catalytic converters, which rose more than 5% to a new record of 3,174 an ounce. Wheat futures rose 7%. Oil is the key, though, 
So how high could it go? As ever, the key determinant of the oil price is the balance between supply and demand. Filling the supply gap will be largely down to Saudi Arabia and to a lesser extent, US shale oil. The former is quicker to switch on and unsurprisingly, Western politicians are beating a path to Riyadh. Iran represents another possible source if relations can be patched up with Tehran. But deep capital spending cuts after the pandemic hit demand two years ago have restricted the ability for shale to bounce back. And even OPEC producers, the usual suppliers of last resort, are failing to meet their output quotas. For years, we feared that the problem was too much supply of oil in a world more focused on sustainable sources of energy and latterly a pandemic-induced reduction in demand. Now scarcity is the watchword again. Look back to the 1970s and the oil price trebled in three months in 1973 in the wake of the Yom Kippur War before doubling again following the Iranian Revolution in 1979. On that basis, the recent hikes could have a long way to go yet. Petrol prices are rising, but we're not yet at the stage that people are changing their behaviour because they can't afford to fill their cars. We don't yet know what the threshold is at which higher prices destroy demand and become self-correcting. You have to be quite old to have experienced the 1970s firsthand. If we're heading for a rerun of that stagflation era of weak growth and fast rising prices, then investors may need to radically rethink their asset allocation strategy. It's by no means certain that the last couple of weeks events will mark the end of the bull market that began in 2009, but it almost certainly means that we've experienced the peak rate of growth for shares. Valuations are likely to fall back further from here, putting even more pressure on earnings to keep markets moving forward. Rising input costs will make that harder. The second key consideration is whether the relationship between stocks and bonds will continue to be inversely correlated. When inflation is low, bonds and shares tend to react differently to various economic influences. When it rises, they can instead move in tandem. That's important because investors have been able to create a smoother ride in recent years by holding both assets in their portfolios. Falling share prices were offset by rising bond prices and vice versa. Looking forward, investors may need to look to balance their equities with other less familiar assets, cash, commodities, gold, inflation-linked bonds, perhaps even Bitcoin. In terms of investment style too, it will probably make even more sense to hold both growth and value-focused shares. Depending on what happens to inflation and monetary policy, both could do well or badly at different times. In terms of sectors too, a greater weighting towards commodity sectors probably makes sense. Although in the short term, working out who will be hardest hit by the new sanctions regime will complicate matters. Coming back to the short term, this week brings a couple of important announcements. The first is from the European Central Bank, for which the invasion of Ukraine has made policy decisions even more challenging. On the one hand, events in Ukraine will see growth forecasts cut in the region. On the other, disruption to energy supplies will fuel inflation. Consumer prices in Europe are already way above target, with inflation of 5.8% in February. 
The ECB is likely to sit on its hands on Thursday, leaving the key rate on its deposit facility at minus 0.5%. In the US too, the focus also on Thursday will be on inflation. Having hit 7.5% in January, the expectation is that prices rose even faster by 7.9% in February. How this shapes the Fed's monetary policy deliberations remains to be seen. The US central bank is still expected to raise interest rates at its March meeting next week, but only by 0.25%, not the half percentage point hike that had been speculated before Russia invaded Ukraine. Please be aware the value of investments and the income from them can go down as well as up, so you may not get back what you invest. This information does not constitute investment advice and should not be used as the basis for any investment decision, nor should it be treated as a recommendation for any investment. Investors should also note that the views expressed may longer be current and may have already been acted upon. Reference to specific securities should not be construed as a recommendation to buy or sell these securities and is included for the purposes of illustration only. Fidelity Personal Investing does not give personal recommendations. If you are unsure about the suitability of an investment, you should speak to an authorised financial advisor. This podcast may not be reproduced or circulated without prior permission. It is meant for UK residents and does not constitute an offer or solicitation in any jurisdiction in which it may be unlawful to make such an offer or solicitation. No statements or representations made in this podcast are legally binding on Fidelity or the recipient. Issued by Financial Administration Services Limited, authorised and regulated in the UK by the Financial Conduct Authority. Fidelity, Fidelity International, the Fidelity International logo and F symbol are trademarks of FIL Limited.